The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome into the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Ashad Blakely and Gary Washburn. The season is slowly, slowly creeping upon us, guys. But of course, the players, we wouldn't, it wouldn't be an offseason, really, if we didn't see some workout videos. So let's just start with the most obvious, evident one, Jason Tatum and Paul Pierce working out. This one's different because he's actually with the truth, a Celtics legend, as you all know. So what do you two think about the fact that he is now taking shots with Paul Pierce? It's a good look. Yeah. It's it's a different kind of video. Um, it, The optics are great, but I'm not sure how much Paul Pierce is going to enhance Jason Tatum's game at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the best benefit for, for Tatum is just that whatever pearls of wisdom in between lifting and, and, and shoveling and, and shooting that Paul can give him uh, is worthwhile because Paul, you know, when you look at his Hall of Fame body of work, uh, Paul been through some stuff. Paul knows what it's like to have the pressure of not winning a championship on your back, have that bullseye on your back, and how difficult that can be sometimes to navigate. And Tatum is starting to feel some of that heat right now. Uh, Tatum has done an amazing, he's had an amazing career up to this point in terms of individual accolades and, and getting the Celtics, you know, to go you know, relatively deep into the playoffs. But Boston is a different animal compared to the other 29 animals in the NBA from the standpoint of it ain't about deep playoff runs. It's about championships. Paul knows what that's feel like. And hopefully his time with Tatum, Tatum can get a better understanding of that type of pressure and, frankly, figure out the best ways that he can deal with it and get this team better 18. Yeah, I didn't see the video. Like, uh, I had his first time hearing about this, but I gotta send it to you because you won't be on the gram. I'm gonna send it to you. All right, so, yeah. I don't well, I, I don't follow Jason on the gram. Do I follow I follow Paul on the gram? I don't follow Jason on the gram. There you go. Um <laughs> but obviously remember they did that commercial together. Yes, yeah. Um, and I think I mean Paul has told me and told people he thinks Tatum could be the greatest Celtic of all time. I agree. So I mean, I think there's a definite admiration there. I think he wants Tatum to do well. And Tatum listens to the old, old guys. He listens to the OGs. I think that he's one of those dudes that's very respectful of the game's past. And even though, I mean, let's be honest, Jason was born the year <laughs> Pierce got drafted. So it's a gap there. numbers in perspective for us. Yeah, it is. Like, you know, I mean, Jason's still only 25. Um, so, I uh, but I do, I do think it's good for... Pierce to teach Tatum some of those old tricks because their their games are not extremely similar, but they're similar enough. And Tatum can learn from Pierce in terms of how to score off the mid post, uh, use his physicality, the tricks of the trade, because Pierce was obviously not a physical athletic maven. He scored more off of his movement, uh, his size, you know, step back some of the craftiness. And I think that's what Tatum can bring to his game. Um, and unfortunately, you know, guys like to be a guy like Kobe isn't around. I mean, could you imagine if Kobe was still around the the work he probably would be putting in every summer with Tatum? But and people the bond would be mad about it every year too. <laughs> yeah, the bond that they would have had yeah. as Tatum's career progressed and Kobe was probably wouldn't have been one of his biggest fans because he was mm-hmm. when he passed away. And so you feel bad um, and that was Kobe's main guy, right? That was his mentor. And KD is one of his mentors. But it's good for him and it's good for Pierce to open up. You know, the, the one thing, and we all can talk about Paul, and Paul is an interesting cat. 
post career, he's had some ups and downs and had some made some interesting decisions, but and you know he's he 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 thinks he's great and he's a Hall of Famer, so you cannot argue with that. You cannot take anything away from that champion, Hall of Famer, All Star, top seventy five, all that. But he does respect the younger generation. The one thing you don't like to see is when him and our older guys do the whole, you know, get get off my lawn and, you know, bitch and moan about the young. Like, it's not their fault when they were born. It's not their fault they make five times as much money as you did. It, it is what it is. You know, as we talk about as journalists, you know, us three, all we want to do is make the road easier for those who come after us, right? You know, we, you can be resentful or you can kind of shake your head and go, wow, kids, they are different or they're treated differently or they're treated with kid gloves and they don't, you know, people aren't as hard on them as they were on us. And you can do all that. And the, the players can do that. But it, when you respect the young guys, and that's the one thing, you know, the great Bill Russell did like that, that people, you know, he shook his hands and he was, he was approachable to the young players. And he said, Hey, I watch your game. I appreciate it. Like that's all some of these young guys want. It's just acknowledgement that like, oh, you think I'm good? Oh, you watch me? Oh, wow. You're not going to complain about the money I make. You're not going to tell me I travel every time I make a move. You're not going to like, you know, because there's too many former players, understandably, who have an issue with how the game is played. and It was not as physical in the 90s. And oh, you know, all that's true. But you got to respect the skill set of the, the the current guys. And Jason's a brilliant player. He would have been able to play in any any era as we know. So it's I think it's a great encouraging sign that he's listening and working with older guys and especially Paul Pierce. Paul Paul can teach him some pointers. All right. Well, with that being said, training camp is about a month away at this point and the Celtics still have a move that or two that they could possibly make at this point. So Sherrod, I'll start with you. What do you think we've talked about this over the last few weeks, but should they be looking into getting some next generation, building the pipeline, pipeline type youth, or should they be looking into getting a seasoned vet on that team? I think when, when I look at the Celtics roster, I would love for them to have a guy who maybe isn't a high volume score, but a lot of their points come in relatively easy fashion. Uh, and, and I think about you want someone who has a little bit of familiarity with what your culture is about, things like that. I look at a guy like Javante Green a.k.a. Jason Tatum's other BFF. Uh, he would be a great addition to this team. Is not going to break the bank to get him, and he's available. And even though his role, I think, uh, won't necessarily be as great as he would want it to be, it would be better than it was his first day. Uh, I don't think I, I'm speaking out of, out of turn when I say that I could easily see him becoming a regular in their rotation ahead of some guys that are already sort of kind of but not really in that position now. He's athletic. Uh, he's got good instincts. He's got the potential to be, I think, a really good defender. And he understands his role. He ain't trying to be that 25-point-per-game score. He knows that Jason Tatum is option one. Brown is option two. Porzingis is coming in the building. He's three. Malcolm's going to be ahead of me, too. Maybe I can get some time as that fifth dude in terms of getting buckets. And to me, that's the kind of player that if you're going to add someone at this point, which I still think they need to do, uh, you want someone to, to bring something that you don't have a lot of, and they don't have a lot of wing athleticism, uh, and guys are familiar with what they do. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long right now. 
When you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. I wonder how many people are going to bet on the Patriots. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com Boston. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. 21 plus in president select states. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Yeah, um, I'm going to go in the direction of kind of of what Sherrod is pointing in. I think they need to go out to Kelly Oubre. And Too much money, Gary. Damn. Sherrod, ain't nobody yeah. got money right now. And if they did, they would have offered it to Kelly, and Kelly would be signed. It is late August, okay? All these dudes on the market, Christian Wood, Terrence Ross, my dude, Jamichael Green. I love Jamichael Green, PJ Washington, Austin Rivers. All these dudes got flaws. They either coming off bad years, they've been up in their journeymen. So the market is drying up. Okay. And I think obviously Ubre is a guy in a normal year, normally would probably make as a $10 million a year player, but the market is drying up. Guarantee contracts are going to become scarce. So if you're the Celtics, you say, listen, Kelly, you got a chance to win a championship. You can chance to get a solid role in this team. You're in your prime. We can control because obviously Kelly's a little crazy. Like he he didn't, he didn't, he he was, I thought, pretty good emerging for Washington, right? Then he got traded to Phoenix. He was okay there. Then he goes to Golden State which is a real big opportunity for him. And he didn't do well with Steph and all that. And I think that kind of put a, a stamp on him. And then he goes to Charlotte and he has his moments. But at this point, you're not going to get a flawless player. You're not going to, you're going to get a player who's either coming off injury, aging, journeyman, a flaw. Like you're not, this is not the time to get picky. But what you can do if you're the Celtics just say, listen, Kelly, this is how much we got. Chance to win a chip, play with Jason and Jalen, a young team, ready to win a championship. You can get a prominent role. What you going to do? And then next year, you can come off that. You know how attractive players are coming off. Look at what Bruce Brown just signed for. Yeah. Facts. $23 million a year. Facts. Right? Because he won a chip. Jeff Green got a deal. Like, all the dudes that came off Denver that were free agents got deals, most of them except my man, our friend Ish Smith, who I love that guy. I mean, I hope he never leaves the league. I love that guy. But winning a championship and making a deep playoff run can do wonders for your stock. Yeah. And Ubre's stock is not high. If it were, if any of these dudes' stocks was high, they'd be signed by now. They ain't signed, man. You ain't got no contract, man. 
<laughs> you broke, man. <laughs> Where's Smokey at? Hey, man. Damn, man, you got no money, man. <laughs> we point. need we need Chris Tucker to talk to some of these dudes. Talk them into signing. Hey, man, you ain't got no money, you man. Want zero dollars or some dollars? <laughs> what are you playing next year, man? Nowhere, man. <laughs> like, you literally have yeah. to understand that this is how it goes. The middle class is being reduced. So, like, you 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 give credit to Grant because Grant got his check. But look at P.J. Washington. He is still a restricted free agent. Not one team has made him an offer. So he's going to have to probably go back on a qualifying offer and then take a chance on him next year. That's what a lot of these guys are going to have to do. Well, I'm going to take this minimum, and then I'm going to ball up, and then I'm going to get – I'm going to get a, a 400% raise next season. So if you're the Celtics, you go to Oubre, still in his young, still in his prime, and say, listen, Kelly, this is what we got. You want to win? You want to have a chance for a prominent role? You want to play in a great team, good coach, uh, you know, good foundation, good city to play in? This is what we got. That's why I think they need, need to go after. Like, that's the guy, because I'm looking, and it's like, ain't nobody – I saw like, well, Miami could be interested if they get Lillard. Like, okay, so now we got to bring in Lillard. Then we gonna hit you. Then we gonna holler at you. Like, no, yeah, man, yeah. you got to jump on the opportunity to sign when the getting's good, and you can get a guaranteed contract. That's all it is now is guaranteed contract. There's nothing. You know, ain't nobody getting twenty million anymore. That's gone. Yeah. All right. With that being said, one player that we've been keeping our eye on will definitely be keeping our eye on at this point during training camp is Peyton Pritchard. He's back at it again. Pro-Am, he scored 61 in that Vancouver game. So, Gary, do you think there's any value in putting in putting up big numbers doing these Pro-Am games, especially as the Celtics are gearing up to prepare for the season? I think it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> he got ninety some points. Like, like I don't think you know. I don't think he's gonna be an All Star this year because of that. For sure. Uh, I mean, you know, he ain't gonna it's make pro am for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's pro am, but I think it's good for Peyton to come off the USA Select team and then go to you know the Pacific Northwest, Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver, whatever, playing those Jamal. Crawford tournaments and this one, like with Isaiah Thomas, our friend Isaiah, and just get his confidence up. Come into camp with mad swag. Come into camp saying to yourself, listen, I'm better than what they think I am. I'm about to show them. And if I don't get that extension, I'm going to be a restricted free agent next year and I'm going I'm to get paid. This is a big time for Peyton Pritchard. Remember, Peyton's a four was a four-year college player. So he came out at 22. Peyton ain't 22 anymore. He's 26. So he's got to show that he's got the staying power to be a 10-year NBA veteran. You know, so this is his opportunity. He's going to get a chance. You know, let's hope Missoula gives him more of a chance because it just seemed like Missoula. Missoula had a list last year, and Grant was on it, and Pritchett was on it. Um, and so hopefully his name on in on that list next year, and we all know Grant's gone to Dallas. Uh, greener pastures for Grant. But let's hope that if you're a Celtic fan, that Peyton is taking all this, getting all the confidence in and coming in and being like, you know what, I'm going to get my 22 minutes a game. I'm going to grab my opportunity. And so games like this, I'm sure, do boost his confidence when he's playing against other NBA caliber players. 
These are your hiring goals, they say. They're very aggressive, but when everyone looks to you, you're calm. Why? Because you know you don't need a miracle, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. They streamline hiring with powerful tools that can help you find your match candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Candidates you apply, you invite to apply are three times more likely, likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in the search. Indeed does the hard work for you and they show you candidates whose resume, once again, on Indeed, fit the job description immediately after you post so that you can hire faster. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. You can start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash A-list. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit right now at indeed.com slash A-list. Once again, indeed.com slash A-list and show the that support that you got from for us by saying you heard this on podcast. Indeed.com slash A-list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, I, I think it's it's important because I think he maybe more than anyone else coming into camp needs to come in with a little more swag than they had last season. A little bit more of an edge to them. Uh, and these are the kind of games, the kind of performances that can help boost that. Uh, as Gary pointed out, the work that he did with Team USA, I, the fact that he was on the damn team, yeah. to me, was the victory. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether he did anything of significance at that point, to me, was just it was just icing on the cake. Uh, the fact that he was actually able to be on the team is, is, is a, I think, only adds to the confidence that he's going to need. Because he's going, I, I know, Gary, we all got our list, including Joe Mazzula. And Peyton was on that list, on his list. But I don't think Joe has much of a choice but to use Peyton more than he did last year, uh, based upon the, how this roster is constructed. Now, obviously, if they go out and they add, like, a combo guard, you know, like a you know Javante Green or something like that, that might complicate things. But I think Peyton is going to get at least one or two legitimate shots at playing. And it's going to be up to Peyton to Parlay those seven, eight minutes into 10, 12 minutes, into 15 to 17 minutes, into 20 steady. He's going to have to be the one to control that. And the thing that he has to understand is that even though he's a small guard in terms of his physicality, he doesn't have to be a scorer. He doesn't have to be a facilitator. He has to be a guy that simply makes the right basketball play. And I think that's where he gets in trouble with Joe. Because I think sometimes he gets to the game thinking, I got to score. I got to score. When, in fact, there are great opportunities for him to get others involved. And other times he is passing up shots that are wide open because he's thinking, I got to facilitate. He's got to figure out that happy medium between making the right basketball play and being able to discern what that is in the moment. He's up and down in that regard. There are there's some games where he absolutely nailed it. And other games, you're wondering, like, what the hell is he doing out there? <laughs> and the other point that you brought up, Gary, which I think you, you can't lose sight of, He's an older player relative to his experience in the NBA. So that means that 
his window of opportunity, his window of growth in the eyes of NBA execs is shorter. So if you don't have as much of a runway, you're going to have to take off sooner than some others might get an opportunity to take off. And so those are some of the things that Peyton has to work through. And I think having the kind of game that he had in the program can only help his confidence because he's a player. He's a good NBA player, and he should be in the league for 10 years based upon what I believe his skill set is. But it's not about potential when you're 28, 29 years old and you've been coming off the bench every damn year or you've been a borderline role player the first five, six years in the league. You're not going to play much longer than that. Uh, so at some point, he's going to have to prove himself as someone who can play above whatever whatever idea teams have that he can, can acclaim. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get that opportunity under Missoula this year uh, because based upon the roster I was constructed, he's going to have to play it to some extent. He's no longer on that list. All right, we're going to close out with a game because we haven't played one in a minute. Fill in the blank, fill in the lane. You know how this goes. I give you a prompt. You fill in the blank with whatever you think makes sense. So, Sherrod, I'll start with you. Blank will make the biggest impression in training camp. That is going to be Walsh kid. Uh, he's that Marcus Smart void is is mm-hmm. clear and obvious. They're going to need someone with a little dog in him. And I've watched him play. He got a little dog. Okay, Gary. Hmm. <laughs> um. Robert Williams. Hmm. Robert Williams is going to make a big jump. I think he's working on his offensive game. I think it's about time that Robert develop a post game. Right. Learn how to shoot J's like you ain't got to shoot threes, but just be more of an offensive weapon than just alley-oops and putbacks. And I think Roberts really got to take that next step. He's healthy. He ended the season healthy. I think he had a little elbow thing, but he's coming to He came into the summer completely healthy, no leg issues. So get that rest, get that but, but build up physically, but also work on that offensive game. And just be a guy that's like, hey, you're going to leave me over from eight feet? Got you. I'm going to hit this. I'm going to hit this bank shot. Like, skill work. And I think he's been doing that. I think people have been sleeping. And I think the cold, I think, unfortunately, I think there was such a kind of a support, like a, such a, a kind of groundswell of support for Robert after last year. Like, well, if he was healthy, they would have won the finals. He was, you know, then he enters this season, he gets hurt. And then he didn't have the impact in that Miami series that I think people thought he should have. And so the question now is, is Robert a long-term answer? Is he the long-term big man for this team? Do they have to go out and get another one? Um, what happens when this new contract or this contract in a couple of years expires? Like, is Robert a max player? And I'm going to say max, but I'm talking about like, is he going to get that, you know, major extension from the Celtics? Or is he gonna, like, he's playing for his future, not – next year but he's playing for his reputation in his future yeah so i think he takes the biggest jump because he's got to i mean al horford showed his age the celtics really didn't you know are they going to bring back luke Cornette? are they going to bring back break Griffin? break Griffin? griffin we don't know but you know it's a lot of pressure on robert now because al's 37 yeah and so they need some help in the middle. That's a good one. All right, moving on. The second question is, and Sherrod, you mentioned this, Marcus Smart is gone. So blank will be Boston's best defender this season. Jason Tatum. Yup. Oh, Jason Tatum. I'm getting spicy with these answers. Tatum has all the tools 
and all the incentive to be an elite defender, I think he is going to only continue to grow in that role, uh, not because he has to, but because I think he knows he needs to with Marcus Smart going. You don't have that blanket of coverage uh, if you're a wing defender uh, where, if, you know, you can just, you know, at some point Marcus can bail you out or bail the team out. You have this part of his leadership ev evolution. Uh, to be an elite defender. And I think he has all the tools. It's just a matter of him, frankly, just doing it. And I think this is the season where you, his defense is really going to start to shine on a level uh, in large part because Marcus Smart is no longer in the mix. Mm. Wow. I'm going to say, and I hate to say this, because Sherrod's going to get all hype. Yikes. Sherrod's buddy, uh -oh. O'Shea Brissett. O'Shea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I think he comes into camp motivated with an opportunity to be that plus defender, that shutdown guy from opposing guy from opposing wings. I think, you know, I think Jalen takes a step forward. I think Jason takes a step forward, but I think O'Shea Brissett is going to have a big year for this team. I'm not talking about 25 points, not like that. Yeah. I'm talking about like 10 points, six, seven assists, sorry, six rebounds, something like that, five, six rebounds. Um, oh, oh. We're ignoring you. We're ignoring you. Continue. Yeah, oh, continue. Please, come on, he cut him off. Uh, look, um, him off his <laughs> yeah, cancel him. Cancel him out. So I think Brissett is going to have a real impactful year. He's a guy, you know, entering his prime, six eight, six seven, six eight, wing. I think the Celtics tell him, "Hey, man, we just need you to defend. If you open the three point line, do that." But I think he becomes their best defender. And who knows? He might be on the floor to finish games uh, when they need to shut down or hold down somebody like a Jimmy Butler or, you know, some uh, Chris Middleton or someone like that. You know, you don't know. But I think he plays a prominent defensive role this year for this team. All right. And finally, Boston's best reserve this season will be Blink. Oh, it's Robert Williams. It's going to be timeless. Because yeah. time for it really should be starting. And the only reason he won't be starting is because of Przingis. Uh, he'll get in there when Przingis is not in the mix. Al, I still think, is going to be the starter over Rob uh, in the grand scheme of things. But Rob's going to be – he's going to basically be legitimate starter coming off the bench. Uh, and I, I, to Gary's point, I think he will be a better overall player. Uh, and if they're winning games and he's making an impact, you know, giving you basically – 25, 30 minute type production in 15, 16 minutes, that's going to get him the award. Gary? Uh, I want to say Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. Um, that was my number two. Rainy, yeah. No, it wasn't. Stop that. Um, <laughs> stop that. I was going to say that too. No, you weren't. Stop that, Sherrod. Anyway. That was my number one. No, my number man. One. I was going to say that. Just like a brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, explain yourself, Gary. Okay, uh, just <laughs> reigning sixth man of the year with a chip on his shoulder now, knows the team was trying to trade him now. Hopefully, it, by his training camp, he'll get over his feelings and understand he has a chance to win a championship. Mm -hmm. But I think, and he's hopefully over the elbow injury. Um, he didn't have any surgery yet, so hopefully it's healing. We yeah. really haven't heard much about it. But if I'm Malcolm Brogdon, I'm coming in with a chip on my shoulder, mad, upset, ready to prove that I am one of the top reserves in the league. Try to be like, do your Jamal Crawford, man. Win back-to-back six-man-of-the-year award if you need to do that. 
That's exactly what Sherrod was going to say. So I yeah, love that. <laughs> I was reading Sherrod's oh, mind. <laughs> well, that's all we have for this week's episode of the A-List Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, A. Sherrod Blakely, Gary Washburn, I'm Connie Lunas. We'll be back next week as we ramp up for the regular season. So stick with us. Thanks for listening. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook. book.